Welcome to the My Mickey Podcast, where we explore the magic and wonder of Disney together. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the My Mickey Podcast with Nicole, Bridget, and Renee. Today, Bridget's going to be giving us an honest review of Disney's newest Christmas party, Jollywood Nights at Hollywood Studios. This was a highly anticipated addition to Walt Disney World's holiday season, but it received a little bit of bad press after the first party night. So let's talk about the changes that Disney made for the second night, and if you should consider adding Jollywood for your upcoming holiday visit to Walt Disney World. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I can't wait. Well, I know we were very, like, as those first reviews were coming out, since you were the one of us that was going to be going, we were like, uh, did you just blow all your money, or... (laughs) What are you going to? My husband was wondering if we had just blown uh, our money. I mean, I'll be really honest. The the first night, um, I think almost every local vlogger, Disney personality had a pretty scathing review of Jollywood. Um, Most of the things that people were complaining about, the wristband distribution and where you got your badge... It was a hot mess disaster. Um, it lined so long. They didn't have enough cast members, I feel like, to probably do it effectively. And then they only had one location that you could pick it up at. So that's where a lot of people started their nights. And it's a shorter party anyways. It's only 8.30 to 12.30. And so a lot of people didn't get there early. And um, it already cut back on some of the time that they had to do fun stuff. So anyways, the bad press started with the wristband distribution. And then I think it was a lot of just disappointment, especially with the virtual queue at Hollywood Brown Derby. People got into Hollywood Brown Derby after waiting forever, and they thought it was going to be this amazing jazz Christmas environment, and it was not. It was like a guy playing the piano, which was very talented, but it was literally just him with a garland. And I think people just expected more. Um, And then I think some people were disappointed with some of the food lines and then some of the food and drink offerings. I think a lot of people were really excited about that. um, The drink area at the tip top club near tower of terror. And a lot of people were disappointed that it was, you know, pre-mixed drinks. It wasn't a true bar environment. And so I was very nervous going into this party because they only offered 10 parties for the season. And I was nervous from the beginning if we'd wasted too much money, but we ended up going through with it. And honestly, I'm really glad we did. I had an amazing time. (laughs) We were there the the second party night um, and Disney really pivoted that second party and made noticeable changes. Um, And so they worked really quickly to try to make that a good thing for, for guests. And I think the thing to note with all of this is Mickey's very Merry Christmas party Mm -hmm. is like a well-oiled machine. They have been doing it forever. So of course there's growing pains. There's things to kind of figure out. The marketing was so cool for this event and that old Hollywood vibe and whatnot. And then they rolled out like the craziest character meet and greets yeah. that people went bananas over. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. I think it's demand and it's just kind of the follow through with it. And how, yeah. I mean, to pivot within one party and yeah. I mean, 
it was night and day the reviews and especially even those people that reviewed it poorly yeah that went back and did it again they were like oh my god no this is this is really fun yeah the first party was on november 11th and we went on november 18th and check-in was a breeze so you can check in at launch bay or you can check in over in the muppets courtyard area Um, and they only had the muppets area open uh previously and so they opened another wrist wristband distribution you can start getting those around six o'clock if you're in the park you can get into the park at seven um with the party ticket and so go get your your wristband and you're ready to go so that was easy that was not a problem for us at all um the the thing that they did other than improving the wristband distribution was these i'm gonna jump down to character meet and greets because that was where it was at for us so we (laughs) may or may not have bought tickets to this event only to meet phineas and ferb that's i I would have done it (laughs) it's literally why we went our daughter loves phineas and ferb she is a voice actor and it phineas and ferb would be like the dream the pinnacle of like animation voiceover like i think she would pass out like phineas and ferb is her thing and so we waited i don't know 45 minutes or so for just phineas and ferb um and so we knew going into it that was where we were going to start our night but the thing that disney did that night was people were so disappointed initially they brought out the coolest characters for you to meet we were walking um from Galaxy's Edge, and literally out of the corner of my eye, I was like, that is Duffy. Oh my gosh, that is Santa Duffy. And we just stopped everything and jumped in line because you don't meet Santa Duffy every day. It's amazing. And if you don't know who Duffy is, he's an adorable bear who used to be at Epcot. And he's in a lot of um, Tokyo, Tokyo Disney Sea. Him and his girlfriend Shelly May, and they had the whole series of characters going on over there. But Santa Duffy was there. Santa Stitch. They brought out Pinocchio, oh Mary gosh. Poppins, and a penguin. Jiminy Cricket. I have only seen Jiminy Cricket one other time, and I do have a picture with him. Um, Jiminy Cricket was there. Snow White and Dopey. And so they brought out these really. Um, people that you don't normally see and it made you feel like you were getting something special. And I loved that about it. Um, They also had characters that you can kind of get normally in the park. So Powerline Max was there, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which are normally there, Edna Mode and Frozone. Um, Mickey and Minnie, they were in dapper outfits, which I really, really appreciated. Um, But the meet and greets was where they had a major pivot and everybody loved it. So, uh, like, I kept seeing everything you were posting, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it was just, it was like, I mean, I'm like, the most obscure, like you said, Jiminy Cricket. I was like, what? Yeah, what in the world? Like, yeah, where where did he come from? Where have they had him this entire time? Yeah, Um, if they they do this party again, I I am going to put this out in the universe. We need Santa Duffy and uh, Mrs. Claus Shelley May. I'm just saying. Oh, that would be cool. I would wait hours to meet both <laughs> of them in the same spot. Anyways, continue. Well, now listen, people wait an hour and 45 minutes for the seven dwarfs. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think 45 minutes for Phineas and Ferb. No, was, was terrible. Bad at all. No, that's amazing. 
So how about the shows? Because I know that was another thing that a lot of people felt like they had to wait and couldn't get into things and only could do one thing during the whole night. Yeah. So the show's Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam is back. It's the same as it has been. It's a really cute little uh, projection show that happens. And I do I do like Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, Um, but it's the same. And so that has not changed. We did not get to see the what's this, the Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. We just didn't have time between waiting for those characters and then... um, we really wanted to do the other one I want to talk about, but we did not get to do that one, but it got rave reviews. Yeah. I heard that one was incredible. Even from night one, people Mm -hmm. loved the nightmare before Christmas sing-along. And so if they do this again, I hope they bring that back. We, we got to see um, the Disney holidays in Hollywood at the theater of the stars where the beauty and the beast show is at. And I will be really honest, that was one of the best shows that I have seen at a Disney park. It was so good. Um, They had uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit. It had, you know, Mickey and Minnie in there as well. Lots of really great singing and dancing. The girl who played um, Tiana was one of the best singers I have ever heard um, in any Disney show. She was absolutely incredible. And we were placed right in front of the people doing the sign language. And honestly, I could have watched them the whole, I I maybe did. I maybe did watch them the whole time because they were so animated and it was just so incredible to watch them go along with everything that was happening on stage. So that one, um, absolutely loved. I did love it. And then they had some musical acts around the park, uh, there was a Latin singer near ABC commissary. They had a DJ in mm-hmm. front of the Chinese theater. There was a singer in a band uh, near that tip top club uh, in Tower of Terror. And um, she was beautifully dressed and they were playing music and that was really cool. And then, of course, the jazz singer at Hollywood Brown Derby. But it did give that old Hollywood vibe. Now, how about the snacks? Because, you know, that's what yeah. I'm always here for. <laughs> yeah, they, so they did offer some specialty food and drinks for purchase during the event. So they had a holiday turkey popover, Mexican hot chocolate, uh, hot cocoa cheesecake at ABC Commissary. They had sliders at Hollywood Brown Derby. We got the Gertie cookie. And if you don't that know who so Gertie cute. is, I know Gertie is the dinosaur that is in the middle of the Echo Lake that's right there. Um, in Hollywood studios, you can normally get ice cream out of her, but this time they had these adorable little dinosaur cookies and you could get them with ice cream or, um, or without, but we actually really enjoyed that. It was a solid, uh, sugar cookie. Um, but I know. And then they had, you know, all, some of the regular restaurants were open and Starbucks and that type of stuff. Um, I'll mention again, the drinks at the tip top club, a lot of people were disappointed in because they were pre-mixed and it wasn't really a true bar experience and it didn't feel like you were getting uh, your money's worth for those beverages. Gotcha. And then if you had to pick one thing that was like worth the price of admission for you, 
what would it be? What is it? I mean, were the ride lines shorter? Was Yeah, so the ride lines were shorter. Um, I think people waited. The wait for Slinky Dog was 30 minutes or less, which is incredible. Okay. You could still ride Rise of the Resistance, but you had to book a virtual queue for that starting at 8 p.m. And you do that on your My Disney Experience app. Um, but yeah, ride lines were shorter. So definitely it's a great time to experience those things. But I think most people were there for the meet and greets and the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it is a limited event. You, they do not let tons of people in. And you definitely felt that whenever you were walking through the parks. And it felt a little more like it was more range for older kids, maybe not so much for the littles, like very Merry Christmas, right? Yeah. Our daughter is 11 and she enjoyed it. Uh, I did not see very many little kids there. One of the things that I did really like about the event is people went all out in their dapper best. They looked incredible head to toe. I would say probably at least 70% of the people that were there were completely dressed up and they were incredible. Um, And so I loved the people watching while we were there. And I really feel like that this event will take off and they're going to make some adjustments. Um, The one thing that I do feel like it's missing and maybe they'll add it the uh, next year is like with a Christmas party, you get a, with the Mickey's very Merry Christmas party, you get a cookie and drinks and it's kind of Mm -hmm. all you can eat and drink at different locations throughout the park. And even with an after hours event, you get popcorn and soda and that type of thing. There was no little treat that was complimentary that I felt like it, that was missing. They needed a little complimentary treat. Um, we did get a coaster when we left, which was cute. It was like a little two pack of coasters, but there's something about a little sweet treat that probably would have pushed it over the edge. Well, and like you said, it's kind of that thing that goes with it. And yeah. maybe that was kind of what a lot of people were put off by with the yeah. first one is that you, it is a, it is a pretty it's expensive, uh, significant event to go yeah. to. Um, yeah. And then there's not, a, there, then you're buying more stuff when you get in there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So would you do it again is the most important question. I've been asked this a lot, you know, is it worth it? I would do it again. I think for repeat guests, for people like us, you know, that go to the parks a lot, we've seen pretty much everything that they have to offer at this time, annual pass holders, or if you just like trying new events and you appreciate obscure characters, yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, for families that really love Christmas vibes and maybe have older children. Yeah. I think it's, it would be worth the price of admission. Hollywood studios is up there for us as one of our favorite, favorite decorated parks for the holidays, just because we like that vintage feel that you get when you're there. Um, so if you love that type of stuff, yeah. Um, if you have little kids, it's not a super kid friendly environment. I'm not saying, you know, it's not kid friendly. You could bring whoever you want, but if you're going to be choosing between the Mickey's very Merry Christmas party and Jollywood nights, I would go for Mickey's very Merry Christmas party. Um, it's heads and tails, like bigger and more extravagant. Um, but if you've done that and you're looking for something different, I would do it. I love that because I mean, we don't, I mean, a lot of times there's the tried and true things and I feel like, 
Disney really went out on a limb. And yeah. like we said at the beginning, it was so amazing that they were able to listen to what everyone said and pivot. And, yeah. you know, it, we're going to offer all the suggestions. If they yeah. added the Osborne spectacle of lights uh, for this night, I mean, I might go all 10 nights. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, well, we we I think we've discussed that before in a previous <laughs> podcast. That is like one of the things that I miss the most. Yeah, if we had something a little bit with more of that flavor and Osborne Lights flavor, wow, that would be incredible, right? It'd be incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that you went, and I'm so glad that you had such a great experience with it. And for yeah. those listeners that are with us today. Bridget is the connoisseur of vintage Christmas. Yes. Like, that is her aesthetic, and she is the perfect person to go and report back on this. That's so right. I'm so excited that you that you shared all that with us, and I love your honesty with it, too, because that's always important. Um, so for all of you that are listening, we hope that maybe this will inspire you to try something new next holiday season. Hopefully, Disney will be bringing it back. But we do want to thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. Stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to be bringing you plenty more insider tips and news from around the world of travel. And if you're planning your next vacation to the happiest place on earth or beyond, please don't forget that the dream designers at My Mickey Vacation are here to help you. Our team of experts will make sure your trip is filled with unforgettable memories and you can learn more about My Mickey Vacation at MyMickeyVacation.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you real soon.